If you're in this place today and you suffer from difficulties in mobility of your arms and your shoulders, leave your seats, come on the platform right now. There's a healing anointing for you. Mobility with your arms and your shoulders, you have difficulty, leave your seats. If you're upstairs in the balcony, don't stay where you are, we'll wait for you. Take a step of faith, and I believe that even as you come down, God will be touching you. Come on the platform. Arm mobility, shoulder mobility, in a line here. Right where you are, wherever you are in this place, just let God's rain soak into your parched soul. Just let the Holy Spirit begin to rain on you and pour out His rain. And a bit like a sponge, just let this atmosphere penetrate you in the core of your heart. Need a microphone, Christian. Have you got a microphone? Bring them forward. Don't bring them so far back. That bring them forward. Hello. What's your name? I'm Michelle. Michelle. What's your situation? Um, I have uh, some shoulder pain and arm pain from a narrowing in my um, spine. And how long have you had that? About seven years. And is it painful? Does it stop your mobility? Yeah, it's intermediate. Yeah. Sorry. What's your first name again? Michelle. 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 In the name of the Lord. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life afresh. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I speak healing power, renewing power. The power of the Holy Spirit come upon you. I speak to this condition. We speak to this condition as a congregation in the name of Jesus. And we break its power in your life in the name of Jesus. We drive it out. We bring healing to the root of this thing. Lord, like warm oil, come and bring healing to all those that stand on this platform I sanctify this platform as a place of healing a place of visitation father send your healing power through the blood and by the spirit upon this platform and upon everybody in this place that needs a touch from healing let your power come we pray father healing power more of your glory Lord, we pray that you will open that window and pour out a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Just check that out and see what God is doing in your life. Everybody on this platform, a wave of God's Holy Spirit is going to come and touch you right where you are. You just lift your hands to the Lord just in receiving mode, symbolic. And we're praying that whatever the situation is that you've come on the platform with, in these next few moments, we're believing God's healing power is going to come in the name of Jesus and begin to make changes and that mobility is going to come back to you and freedom is going to come back to you in the name of Jesus and the glory of the gospel. Let's all pray. All the congregation, if you can just symbolically raise your hands towards these people and begin to release the blessing, begin to speak. Let the redeemed say so. Let the redeemed say healing, breakthrough, and miracles. In the name of Jesus, Father, release upon this platform now your healing power to every soul that is here, Lord. Let your healing power come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take authority over every work of the enemy. 
take authority over every work of the enemy. We take authority over every work of the enemy, every physical disability. Where there needs to be repair and healing, in the name of Jesus, we release the anointing of repair. We release the anointing of healing right into that place, Lord. We pray that they'll become an oil and an unction and an anointing, Lord, that will flow through these people's lives right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, that it rest upon them. May the Spirit of God rest upon you now in the name of Jesus. Do his healing work. Right where you are right now in faith and expectation. I want you to start to test out that mobility. To see if there's something you can do without pain that you couldn't do before. A flexibility where you can maybe extend your arm where you couldn't. Do things that would normally cause you discomfort and we believe in. There is going to be change right now as you do it. Everyone that can test it, everybody that can do something to test it, do it now. It's part of what we believe is the healing process. Don't fear, just believe. Don't fear, just believe. Lord, as they test it, Lord, bring that healing power into their lives. We pray, we release the glory. We release the healing. Lord, glorify your Son. Send, Father, send your Spirit upon them. Let there be healing power now in the name of Jesus. Like spring rain fall upon us in this place today, Lord. We take her out and, and put away our umbrellas of doubts and unbelief, fear. And Lord, we just stand barefaced and bare-souled in the pouring of the rain. Send the rain, Lord, upon us right where we sit, right where we are right now. Send the rain, Lord. The rain of your presence and the rain of your healing. Not just for physical healing, but healing of the soul to dwell in your presence, to dwell in your glory, to open our hearts. Let there be a softening come to our hearts as the rain comes. Let there be a nourishing of our hearts today. God, let there be a connection. Like the woman with the issue of blood who pressed in and touched and made contact and connection with the hem of your garment. And power and virtue flowed from you into her. We pray that each one of us here, those watching on the internet right now, as we, by faith, reach out to you, that there would be a flow of your spirit right now into our lives, a breakthrough. You'd turn it around. you pour out the blessing. Thank you, Father that tomorrow doesn't have to be like it was today and today doesn't have to be like what it was yesterday and that you are fixing to take us from glory to glory, from victory to victory. We understand the tests and the trials are part of that which brings out the gold in us, but we thank you that there's a time appointed for a test, a time appointed for a trial, and a time appointed for the end of that test. And Lord, I thank you that tonight in this place, there's some ends of tests and trials coming. 
deliverance and freedom and liberty. Let the anointing be broken over our hearts. Let the anointing come afresh on our lives to deliver and to heal. Lord, we want to be a revived people. We want to be people that drink the wine of the new gospel and celebrate. We also want to be people that are honoring to your name, Father. We want to be those that zeal because your house and your compassion, your desires have consumed our hearts. God, visit us on these evenings. Let there be a place where God meets with us, Father, spirit, soul, and body in the name of Jesus. Right, those of you that are on the platform and you've checked things out, who can tell a difference right now? If the pain's gone or there's more flexibility, just, just wave at me. Who, who can come? Come? Oh, have you noticed it? Okay, well, we'll pray. we're praying for your daughter as you stand in the gap for her. Hi, what was the situation that you were experiencing? How long have you had that for? For some days. You couldn't even lift it. What have you experienced tonight? The pain is gone. In the name of Jesus. Who else has experienced... Come, come forward. And what, what have you? What was the situation? Well, I've had pain all over my arm. For how long? The left leg. How long? Ages, for years. Really? Mm -hmm. Have you been to the doctors about it I've at all? Been, um, prescription all right. and things like that. And so, when you came in, what, what you had pain, or what couldn't you do? No, I couldn't stretch my hands up properly. But now, wow! No pain. Bless you. Who else? Anybody else? Yep, yep. Your name is? Cheryl. Hi, Ger Cheryl. Um, what was the situation that you came up because of? Um, well, I've always had a lot of problems with my neck. What I have to be careful things? what I lift. Right. But I just wrenched it the other day, mm -hmm. and it's been really painful. But it feels a lot easier now. Does it? Yeah, it a lot feels... freer. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well done. Praise the Lord. Anybody else want to? Yeah. What, what were you suffering from? What was your situation? Tore muscle in my shoulder. When did you do that? A few weeks ago, but oh. I've not been able to lie on this right side oh, for three no. years. You've not been able to lie on your right side for three mm. years because of well pain. pain. And um, what do you feel has been happening to you tonight? It feels loose in my loose. Yeah. Yeah. Let's believe God for a complete Do you know what? Let's believe power of God is moving. Let's believe tonight you will lie on that right side. And let's believe that next week you'll come and tell us before the service and say, yep, for the first time in years I lied on my right side, lay on my right side, and it was absolutely fine. Should we believe God for that? Father, you've sent your spirit. You've done something tonight. And we believe that what you start, you complete. So, Father, release your Holy Spirit upon this arm and let there be a turning around of this situation, a blessing from heaven. Lord, we pray that next week she'll come back with a testimony that she is free to sleep whichever way she wants because of your healing power, Father. In Jesus' name. Anybody else? Yeah. What, what was the situation you came with? There's pain in my um, chest, my shoulders, and sometimes is... my back. Patricia. How long have you had that, Patricia? Well, I have it. It comes and goes. How but long has um, it been coming and going oh, for weeks, months, years? Years. 
And, and when you, you came in today, did you feel? It was, it was there. Mm. That, um, what happens, what I'm trusting God on is that this is the last. And what did you experience on the platform? What's the well, difference? And in testing it, yeah. it's not there. It's gone. It's gone. Mm -hmm. Father, seal this touch of your Holy Spirit on this precious life. Touch Patricia's life, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Anybody else? Yep, come forward. And do you want to tell everyone your name? Um, Anita. Come forward, Anita, so everyone can see. What was the situation? Just on this part of my arm, it seems really stiff. Yeah. And when I move it, it's, I can just feel the pain. But now I can't really feel anything. How long have you been suffering from that? Um, a few months. A few months? Yeah. Do it again. Just freedom yeah. and yeah, liberty. Yeah, it's just free. It's free. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. happened, doesn't yeah. it? Um, I have another testimony. Sorry? I have another testimony. What's it about? tell us um, I came here a few months to ago the to the service yeah. and you call people for legs right um, and I was doing tap dancing and I had to stop because and because of the pain what, um, what was in the my hip in my hips, hips yeah. um, and now I'm doing it fluently without any problems you're back tap dancing I'm back tap dancing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna ask you to do okay you know what I'm gonna I know we don't have a board here but just come here, everybody can see those nimble feet. I know it won't work, but just show us what you can do now that you couldn't do before you're tapping. Just the fact that I can do the jumps wow. without having to feel any pain whatsoever. It's um, hard to, da to tap dance in high is. heels, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but that is wonderful. Yeah, um, it's, I just want to say thank you, Lord, because yeah, that was man. something I really wanted. Great so, yeah. yeah, thank, thank you. you. Anyone else? Yeah. And tell everyone your name. Emanuela. And uh, what was the situation? I think I lifted a bed and I got... Um, when was that? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, I had a pain on my... And the pain went to my back and went oh. to my back. So I just kept... You had praying. it when you came in today? Was it there when you moved here? I, I felt it. Sometimes it goes away, but Something it's there. Goes, yeah. yeah. And on the platform, do you it's know... It's gone. I can't find it. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Anyone else? Anybody else want to give a testimony of something that's happened? Because we believe in God, that God is doing a work in everybody's lives. And sometimes you're ready to testify straight away, and sometimes you go off. Don't ever think, when you're on a platform, we only have a limited amount of time. And so what you see on the platform is a snapshot of what God is doing, all right? Don't ever go off the platform discouraged because you said, well, I went on the platform, but nothing's changed yet. Uh, concerns me that somebody would go off the platform and think, well, I didn't get it. Uh, God works in many different ways. And the one thing is, you came on the platform and you came to Jesus and said, Lord, touch me. And so I believe that God is working in all of your lives. And so sometimes you get an immediate, and when God does these things immediately, it's a sign for everybody. So you might say, well, I don't have any problem with my arms or my mobility. Yeah, but what is it in your life tonight that you do have a need for? Because these are signs. When God does miracles, it's not just as wonderful as it is about blessing the person that needs a miracle. It's his way of sending a little sign to everybody here tonight saying, see, I'm with you. And even if you don't get your breakthrough tonight, he's with you. He's with you. He's, he's not with somebody that gets healed on the platform in a different way than he's with you. He's with you. Some are at the end of their physical trial. Others are a step forward, but we trust God, don't we, in whatever happens. Well, God bless you. Oh, you've got something to say, yeah? Just remind us your name again. Michelle. Michelle. 
Um, I just was wanting to say how amazing God is because I was just telling my sister this morning how I had two discs that were bad seven years ago and they thought I'd have to have surgery then. And um, I wasn't having the symptoms then, but back in December I was. I couldn't use my arm and I do hair, so I need my arms. And um, so I went for another MRI just a month ago and the neurologist called and said, "Um, actually your disc had gotten better. And um, it's actually, I don't know what you're doing. I said, well, I've been praying <laughs> for God to heal that. So anyway, um, when I went into her, she said, wow, this is really a miracle because they've gotten better the disc. But the narrowing of the spinal cord is still mm-hmm. quite narrowing, which has been mm-hmm. off and on causing problems. So I just told my sister this morning, I said, so now I've got to be praying that God will open up that yeah. narrowing. And here, here I am tonight. Well, so let's, let's pray. Let's God. pray again, everybody, for Michelle just there. Lord, this specific, the narrowing. Lord, we thank you for your signs. You've been doing something in Michelle's life, not only on, in her heart and her spirit and her soul, but you've been doing something in her body. And so, Father, as a congregation in this healing atmosphere, this revival service atmosphere, each one of us, we pray and believe for Michelle as if it was ourselves. We step into her shoes and we think, imagine if we were suffering. When one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. So therefore, when one part of the body needs prayer, we all pray. And so in the name of Jesus, we come together as a Kensington Temple congregation and those joining us on the network. And we pray, Father, touch Michelle's spine. Let there be 100% healing and wholeness. What you have started in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, finish, Father. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your glory fall. Let your spirit move. Let your name and its power, let it dwell in this body and let there be a quickening and a healing and a, and a full testimony, Father, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 17. On these Sunday evenings, we're on a journey, a pioneering journey, and uh, we're just at the beginning of it, really. And last week, when I spoke to you, the Lord led me to the Gospel of John and to the first signs that Jesus did in his ministry. We spent some time, if you were here, you'll remember, if not... Well, I'll give you the basics and encourage you, if you've got time to go on the internet, it's there free on the KT site to to watch last Sunday evenings. And we looked at the two signs, the sign of the turning the water into wine, and then immediately after that, or, or the next sign after that, we looked at the cleansing of the temple, didn't we? As a template for what God wants to do in these revival meetings. We saw the first sign was in a wedding. It was a time of celebration. It was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of leaping over hindrances and celebrating our marriage with the Lord. We are the bride, you know, and he is the bridegroom. And and Jesus Jesus says, you know, he wants us to celebrate because his love is like new wine. God loves us and he wants us to connect with his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Whatever we're going through, you can have joy on the inside. You really, really can a joy that the world can't give nor take away. 
the joy of his presence, the joy of his spirit. And we said that Jesus came and, and he turned water into the best wine ever. And they said, well, normally they give the cheap stuff at the end when nobody, everybody's so drunk they don't notice it. But you brought the best stuff. There's so much more of the best stuff for you. Do you know that? And God wants us to drink deeply of his spirit. And uh, uh, the first thing, one of the first things that happened on the day of Pentecost is that the Christians were um, accused of being drunk. They, I mean, they took a drink of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was, and, and, and they came out in the streets, and they said, look, they're drunk. And they said, we're not as drunk as you suppose. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, for the task and the work that God has for us, we need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. You say, what, just for the sake of it? They didn't get drunk in the Spirit for the sake of it. What the Holy Spirit was doing was healing and filling and empowering and releasing a joy and a praise and a liberty that was inside them. Now, now, now God wants to do that in our lives in these, these evenings. That's why I believe that there's been a touch of spontaneity and praise and worship. And myself and Roberts over these evenings have been encouraging that and getting behind what we see the Spirit doing amongst us. The liberty and the freedom. And sometimes liberty comes to one person quicker than it does another. But you just keep in an atmosphere of liberty and praise and you'll get free. You'll get free on the inside. Because if you're not free on the inside, how can you do anything on the outside? If you're not liberated on the inside, the Holy Spirit has come to set us free, to bring wholeness and liberty, lightness and freedom and joy. I mean, we want to have so much of the Holy Spirit in our lives that, that even if we go under persecution, we'll, we'll be like, you know, the disciples in the prison singing hymns because they're worthy of being persecuted. I don't know about you, but I don't have, an, I don't have that much liberty in my heart, I think, where I could be that liberty, that free, that joyful, that if they threw me in prison, I'd be singing to the Lord and praising like some of you were tonight, but God wants us to get there. God wants us to be liberated and fear-free. He wants what's on the inside not to be determined by what's happening on the outside. He really wants that to happen, and that comes by the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, being filled with the Spirit, being moving in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and so God wants to send His Spirit, and He wants to liberate us with signs, wonders, and manifestations of His grace. The wedding Let's celebrate Sunday nights like every Sunday night is a wedding reception. Amen? But then we saw the other aspect, and that was the cleansing of the temple. The same Jesus that had 160 or so gallons of water into wine. It was a superabundance. They could never have drank all that. It was more than enough. The same Jesus that saved the party and made the party, he was center of the party of joy, celebration, and happiness, was the same one that went in with a cattle whip and purged the temple. In fact, it was the second sign that he did. It's, and John understood the significance of the party maker and the temple cleanser. And part of the revival touch, and we will have seasons of this and these evenings, we haven't seen it strongly yet, but we will, will be a cleansing power of God that will put into us what we really need, the fear of the Lord. I mean, reverence of the Lord. It is probably the forgotten ingredient in the charismatic Western church today, the fear of the Lord which is clean. And, and Jesus cleansed that temple because he was zealous for holiness, zealous for righteousness. The joy and the zeal, the party and the cleansing, these things God wants to bring to us 
in these evenings and in our lives. And I'd like you now to turn to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 17. A pattern of what God is wanting and seeking to do. The regulars that might come to this place on a regular basis, you might remember a number of weeks ago, I forget when, when I spoke on, I think it was transformed and being transformed, which was on Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 is a very personal chapter to me. It's something I read nearly on a daily basis. When I face difficulty or trial or fear, this is the first place I go to. I'm being open with you here today. It's a personal thing, but I'm happy to share. Because God has spoken to me, this is a rhema uh, passage for my life. So I go back. You know, when God gives you a word or a scripture, don't let it just flit away. Because we live by the word of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. It's proceeding out of the mouth of God. What does that mean? It means that if you don't have a book of promises, or you can't, if I, couldn't, if I sat down with each one of you for 10 minutes, it would be a long night. But if I did, if I sat down with each one of you and interviewed you for 10 minutes and said, tell me the promises and the scriptures that are nourishing your soul right now. Not just the scriptures that you like, but the scriptures that are living and active. Not just scriptures, scriptures that are fresh bread. That when God has spoken them to you, when you've had your Bible reading, or during a sermon, or during a song, and God's spoken it, or during prayer, or in a dream, God speaks a scripture and a word to you, and it's nourishing you right now. When it's difficult during the day, it's a script. What would you tell me? What would you tell me? Because many, some Christians, they wouldn't be able to tell me. You might be able to throw something or pull something out of the hat, but that's not the same. But I have a book with God's present word to me. Words of the future, words healing the past, and words of the present help. So I know that when I'm facing trials, which we all will face, I know where to go. I've got my book of promises, of words, of scriptures, of prophecy, because I'm walking by the word. And so it's important if we have faith, if we walk, if we're like Abraham and walk by the promises, where are your promises? And this chapter 41 is very much a promise that is speaking to my heart. So I just encourage you to write these things down. Keep a record because God will say, are you walking by faith? And you'll say yes. And he'll say, well, show me the words I've spoken to you that you're walking by. All right. Now, verse 17, however, is a blueprint for what God wants to do in our lives and in our nation. It's a blueprint for revival. In the first part of the chapter, again, you can, if you're interested, you can go back to that sermon I preached. It's talking about preparing Jacob. And a lot of it is, do not fear. I'm with you. Don't fear enemies. I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to make you into a, a threshing sledge. Instead of being a fearful worm, oh Jacob, as he's called, a fearful worm, I'm going to turn you into a combine harvester. One of those big ones. I remember being living in a village in Yorkshire, and when it was harvest time and the combines would come out, my God, they were big. They were the biggest farm, uh, farm machinery that were around. And I used to, and, you know, and if, it, if, if one got on the uh, highway, you couldn't get round it. But to see a combine harvester at work in a field is a mighty thing to see. Just t reaping the harvest. And this is what God is saying. He's going to turn us. He wants to turn his church 
into a combine harvester. Instead of us just picking a bud here or there, a little bit of wheat, because that's what's happening at the moment, friends, if we're honest. We're taking a, a, little sheet, a little corn here, a little corn there. God doesn't want us to do that. God wants to fit us and prepare us. God wants a great harvest. There are millions and millions and millions of people in this nation who need to be harvested. They need to be harvested. I know that, you know that, but you know, in the end, someone's got to do something about it. And these revival meetings are not just about us, they're about fitting us for the harvest, to send laborers into the harvest that are equipped, close to God, ready, open, free, that have the joy of the marriage feast and the zeal of the cleansing of the temple, are ready to go out and reap a harvest. Because verse 17 tells us the situation. Whenever I look at the first half of Isaiah 41, I always think about what God's doing in my life. But then in verse 17 of Isaiah 41, I realize that why that God is doing this. It's not just healing for healing's sake, wholeness for wholeness' sake, maturity for maturity's sake, deliverance for deliverance' sake. No, there's a reason, there's a purpose. Because verse 17, the poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. You see, if you look at the whole of Isaiah 1, all this preparation that, that, that Jacob the, will be no longer fearful, but again and again he says, I'll strengthen you, I'll help you, I'm with you. It's God's ministry to our lives. But then at the end he says, I'm going to turn you into a great farming tool. You're going to be a threshing sledge. Sled, sledge. And you're going to thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff and winnow the wind. In other words, when we go out as combine harvesters, as when we go out as winnowing forks, what we're going to do, we're going to preach the gospel. And those that, those that have come to faith will come to faith. And those that don't, they'll be the chaff. But God is waiting at the moment. We can't even see the separation because out there right now is a mass of humanity that don't know the Lord. But God's saying, get in there and bring a separation. Not that we will separate, but the gospel will separate. It will separate the righteous and the sheep from the goats and the unrighteous. And the gospel will bring the harvest to this great nation because the poor and needy seek water and there is none. You know, in this place, we call upon the Holy Spirit to pour himself out like rain. And God wants to meet the needs of our hearts. But there are people out there that are so thirsty, they're drinking from anything that they can find. And the only thing that they can find is poison from hell. But God is hearing the cries of the lost. Do you know that? that do you know that there is a cry of the lost? Do you know that? That reaches heaven. It's a cry of the lost. It's not that they are even conscious in saying it or crying out. But it is the cry 
of their lost hearts. They don't even know where they are. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know where to go from. They're, they are a people sitting in darkness. Remember that prophecy? A people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. They're sitting in darkness because they, can't, they don't know how to stand. They don't know where to walk. They can't see. If you were in pitch darkness, you'd end up sitting down. Pitch darkness. I mean, have you ever been in thick darkness? Thick darkness. You can't get it in London. But you can in villages somewhere. I remember, again, in the village in Yorkshire, um, it was the, where, where I lived when I was a young boy. It wasn't around many other towns, and it was a little bit in a sort of valley. So when the lights went off, you know, it was dark. I mean, sometimes we'd be in the dark, and it was so thick that you could almost feel it. I mean, you could put your hand right in front of you, and you couldn't see it. Amazing experience for those of us that know what I'm talking about. Well, that's what the people are like out there. They're in darkness, spiritual darkness. And so they, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going and they're thirsty. Their tongues fail for thirst. But God hears them and he won't forsake them. God has not forsaken this nation. God has not forsaken this nation, but he's looking for a revival people that will go out and be his tools. He says, I'll open rivers in desolate heights, fountains in the midst of the valleys and a wilderness in the pool of water. This is a transformation of spiritual environment. And the first thing that's got to happen is it's got to happen in us. My prayer is that on these Sunday evenings, whoever's ministering and preaching, that God will transform any arid deserts in our hearts and lives, and that he will bring a wilderness of pool, a spring in our lives. That, that inside of our lives, there really will be a liberating and freedom from the things of the world. That God really will do a reviving work in our lives. To revive us, to restore us, and to renew us on the inside. To be whole on the inside. Not just to preach about it, talk about it, sing about it. But to see genuine change in our lives. I want to encourage those of you that can. To join me next Sunday at the 5 o'clock service. We're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. I preached our introductory message to it today. And you'll be able to see that later on in the week. Because the Sermon on the Mount... Jesus died on the cross that we could live the Sermon on the Mount, which is the Spirit-filled living. Many Christians today don't even know how to live as a Christian. They're just, they're just going away saying, Lord, bless me, prosper me. They're, they're sort of winging it, if you know what I mean. They're winging the Christian life, getting a bit there, a bit the other. But God doesn't want you to wing the Christian life. He has a plan and purpose. He has a character he wants to form in your life. He has a way for dealing with every situation, and it's found in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is not laws and regulations. The Sermon on the Mount is a picture and pattern of what the Spirit-filled life is. So if you want a blueprint, not a suggestion, but a blueprint for the rest of your life, then join me in the next five, five o'clock meetings, and come on and stay on for the evening. I'll just put that out there for those of you that are interested in having a blueprint for their life and getting things sorted once and for all. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 4. We're going to go into ministry in a few moments' time. John chapter 4, leading on from what we've just read, that wonderful story where Jesus meets a woman who is parched of soul. I hardly need to go into detail in this because I assume many of you know this very well. But there's Jesus and he's thirsty and he's by a well in the middle of the day, the hottest part. And a woman comes and the woman is, 
is uh, ostracized by the village because nobody wants to know her. She can't go in the cool of the day with the other ladies because they don't want to know her. And she has to take the water right in the hottest part. It's the only time she'll be allowed there. And Jesus is sitting there. And he says to her, give me a drink. And she says, why are you a Jew asking me, a Samaritan, for a drink? And in verse 10, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, have you nothing to draw with and the well is deep? Where then do you get this living water? Were you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up an everlasting life. It's a great story. I don't want to go into depth. This is what I want to pull out of it. Jesus said in verse 10, I will give you living water. Have you ever thought about what living water is? Living water. Another way of translating that is flowing water. The water's alive. I don't know about you, but I, I love flowing water. I love streams. If you were to ask me, would I prefer a bath or a shower? I prefer a power shower. Have you ever been in one of those power showers? If there's one thing I hate, it's one of those little drip drip showers. It's the only thing I don't like at Annan Court on those encounters. A little drip drip drip. You have to dance around to try and get wet. <laughs> but I have installed in my house and I like it. I have a power shower. I mean, when I switch on the power shower, all the lights in the house begin to flicker because <laughs> of the power that's going. And, then, and I love it. And you just get under that and you just feel the force of this power shower. And you look up at the water and it's white. It's white because it's just flowing so powerfully. Well, this living water, it's like a rushing stream. It's bubbling. It's alive. You know, you go to those streams and you see the rushing water and it's bubbling over all those rock. It's alive. There's nothing like spring water to, to take a, you know, and drink it. It's living water. Living water. And there's nothing worse than stagnant water. I hate those ponds that are all stagnant and dead and all that yucky green stuff in it. And you, you take that stagnant, yucky stuff and you compare it to a bubbling brook. Well, Jesus, that, that, that well, it was good water, but it was way down. But Jesus says, I've got something that's going to bubble. I've got something that's alive. I've got something that sparkles. I've got a power shower that can come in from the inside of you. I've got something. I would give you flowing water. Not just a glass of water. Flowing water. I like water that bubbles. My favorite water is Perrier. You know that Perrier water? Because you get that other stuff, and that's all right. But Perrier, especially when it's ice cold, it bubbles. It's like the champagne of, of water. My daughter loves Perrier water. And so sometimes I pour, to, pour a little bit and she drinks it. Woo! Because the bubbles, they're getting everywhere. Well, I like Perrier water, even though it's French. I like it because... <laughs> Did I say that? Did I say that? I'm only joking. We, 
We've got a mission in Marseille right now, by the way. Some of the people aren't here. The Bible School are out there, and Kensington Temple School of Performing Arts are going later week. They're going into Marseille uh, to save people because we love the French, and there's no anti-French feeling in here at all. Colin speaks French, etc., etc. But the Perrier water, it's bubbling, it's living. And that's what God wants in our lives. He doesn't want us to be flat. See, the thing is with um, sparkling water, I don't know if you find this, but you've got to drink it pretty fast or it goes flat. I can't stand going to the fridge and there's a half full, and you pour it out and it's flat. Just throw it away and get another bottle. Well, God doesn't want us to go flat. You're like a bottle of Perrier. Say, I'm like a bottle of Perrier. You'll say anything, won't you? I love about you. I can say anything. You just say it back because you're up for it. You are like a bottle of Perrier. You don't like Perrier. What do you like? Dom Perignon. All right. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there too. But God wants you to sparkle. And sometimes in our lives, it goes flat. We know that. It's called life. But God doesn't want us to stay flat. He doesn't want us to be half a bottle of Perrier that's been there open for like three days. He wants to keep the bubbles in our lives. He wants to keep things fizzing. He wants to keep things sparkling. That's God's desire for us because the sparkling, living, flowing water. You see, we don't, when we say fill me up, it's not just fill me up and now I'm a container. No, God, you're not a container. You're a... a a conduit for the Holy Spirit. You're a hosepipe. God, the, the water keeps flowing. It, it doesn't want to stop. It's alive. It's living water. It's alive. It's alive. The, the water is alive. It reminds me of when uh, Jesus healed that man, and they were up, they were behind the, uh, uh, the next to the pool of uh, pool, and they were there. And every time, every so often, an angel for some reason, sovereign reason, would stir up the waters. And the waters would begin to bubble. And whoever got in there, there first would get healed. Well, that's a sign. The angel wasn't doing that just for what. It was a sign that God is stirring the waters on the inside, on the outside. He wants to bubble up within us. And he wants us also to step into his power shower. Step into the stream, the river. Stepping into the river of God's power and mercy. And we're doing that on night by night. We're going to do that. And we're believing God to change us. But... I feel right now that the Holy Spirit wants to release some of this sparkling, bubbling water into our lives afresh tonight. So, but first of all, before we do that, I'm going to, ask, we're going to bow our heads. I'm going to see if anybody wants to come to Christ tonight for the first time. Just bow your head. If you're here tonight, you've seen enough of God's people and the gospel to know whether you want Jesus in your life. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and your sins will be forgiven you, and he will pour in his living water into your dead life. If you're in this place with every head bowed and you want that, I want you to lift your hand right now, and I'll pray for you right where you're sitting. Thank you. Up in the back, just lift your hand right where you are, and I will pray for you. Yeah, I can't see. Where? Sorry. Yes. Anybody else? Just lift your hand. Now's your time to turn from darkness to light, from the enemy to God, to be freed and liberated from your sins, to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and placed 
into the kingdom of light. Is there anybody else and you're ready to give your life to the Lord? Lift your hand now. I see you right at the back, the lady at the back. Anyone else? Father, we pray for those that have lifted their hands. They've made that step of a new life. Fill them with your bubbling waters of eternal life. Pour out your, your special grace upon them. And let this be the first day of the rest of their lives with you in Jesus' name. Those who lifted your hand as we move forward in this service, someone's going to come, take you away, give you a gift, well, nothing to worry about, a gospel, pray for you, make sure you know your next steps. But let's all stand right now. Ministry team at the front. We're going to open the floor up for a fresh touch of God's Spirit. If you, if you want, we can praise the Lord where we're right now. We, we're going to believe God for the rain to fall and seal things in our lives. But if you need prayer in these next few minutes, don't stay where you are. Come and be prayed for in the name of Jesus. We're believing God that God will flow in our lives afresh. Let's just open up to God and ask Him to do something special in our lives in these next few minutes. Holy Spirit, come upon us, we pray, right now. We open our hearts to you. Let the rain of your Spirit come. Pour out your Spirit, Father, we're thirsty. Sometimes we're so thirsty, we don't even know how thirsty we are. But Lord, we bring our hearts to you, whether they be soft or hard. And we say, Lord, if there be any drought in us, send the rain. You've been sending so much rain on our nation, and we're grateful. But Lord, it's the people that need the rain. So pour out your rain upon us, Lord, right now and do something. Let streams of living water flow in our lives, we pray. Flow in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Feel free to come out right where you are as we worship the Lord and we'll pray for you here at the front.